Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. If you're a coach, leader, entrepreneur, leadership development professional, or a human resource manager, this show is for you. Welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Birus, and today is a special day because we're going to be interviewing Dorothy Siminovich. Now, Dorothy is the second time I've interviewed her because she's a brilliant woman and now has come out with a new book, and I'm fascinated and curious to know all about it. But before we start on the book, tell us, Dorothy, uh, you've coined the term awareness intelligence. So tell our listeners what it means in terms of effectiveness and coaching success. Thank you, Katrina. It's a pleasure. Let me just say it's a pleasure to be with you and it's a pleasure to be with the world that you welcome to listen. And to all those that are listening, I think the whole idea of Awareness IQ was born in these times that we're living that so many people describe as volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And we have so much knowledge that in some ways we have more knowledge than people can use. And I started really thinking about that in terms of what is the needed transformational or healing interventions after 20 years of being a Gestalt practitioner. And the word Gestalt, everybody always says, what does it mean? But when I say awareness, people say, yes, I'd like to have awareness. So the first thing is, even if we don't know what awareness IQ is, there is some deep understanding that all of us would like to be more intelligent about using our awareness because awareness is identified as information available to us in the moment, either about our own knowledge or about something emerging that maybe is important to pay attention to. Awareness is data. And data, if we become just can actually know more about or be more informed about, allows us to make better choices. So, so often, if you think about it, and every listener I ask you to think about some event, a business meeting, an interaction with your child, with a friend, that something needed to be said or paid attention to, and for whatever reason, you were distracted. There was a phone call, or you were thinking about a project, or you didn't say something, or ask something, or offer something that maybe you were not paying attention to, and later on you said, why? And that's an example of regret. So when there is something that we needed to pay attention to and we missed it, we have regret, and I would give it the definition that I'm using here, we'd have the absence of intelligence about using our awareness. So awareness IQ involves the capacity to pay attention, to be mindful in the moment without judgment in a way that offers new ideas or perspectives of opportunity for better 
choicefulness. And I think the last thing I say this before I turn it back to you is there is a phrase that those people in the mindfulness community, which now is a global event, and mindfulness, you know, is defined as paying attention on purpose without judgment. But there is a phrase that the mindfulness people have been using that comes from Viktor Frankl in his Search for Meaning book that he wrote after uh, World War II when he was liberated as a survivor of Auschwitz. And he wrote quite brilliantly, he said, between stimulus and response, there is a pause. And in that pause lies our capacity for growth and freedom. And mindful practitioners have really been using the brilliance of this statement as an opportunity for assisting people to get better skilled at widening this moment between stimulus and response because widening this moment is to give more self-reflection, more mindfulness, to cultivate more awareness before just being reactive. And so what awareness intelligence really is, is the opportunity for us, each one of us, leader, coach, consultant, to use ourselves as an instrument, whether we're paying attention to what's happening inside ourselves or scanning outside of ourselves and out of what we're aware of to be more choiceful about how we react in a way that improves decision-making, improves choice, and here's the important statement, increases satisfaction, decreases regret. Okay, so in awareness, it gives you more choices, it helps you with your relationships, it helps you have reflection on the response, better decision-making. And now tell us, between awareness, intelligence, and mindfulness, and how do you differentiate or link the two? And then how does that link, finally, to the Gestalt approach to coaching? Well, first of all, I'm just enjoying, you know, I mean, I know we are always in the currency of time. I'm just enjoying what you just did, Katrina, because in this moment, it just showed how you listened and then you drilled down in a very aware way to the benefits of using your awareness and you know you know what they they call return on investment to the ROI benefits of using your awareness and and that's actually so relevant to business you know now years ago i understand that there was a conference in davos and i think i mentioned it the last time we spoke but at davos uh there was actually a presentation on mindfulness that the first year they presented to you know people came a little perhaps ambivalently it was mindfulness it wasn't a bottom line roi kind of proven phenomena and then the next two years it's impossible to get into that presentation with Kabat-Zinn's and their colleagues because business leaders have really understood that mindfulness is so connected to all the attributes that you said, you know, better decision-making, calmer, well-being, equanimity, clarity, heightened interpersonal relationships, improved satisfaction. So there's ROI phenomena to that. And so mindfulness is the kind of way of being that gives you the opportunity to become aware. So that's the first thing I want to say. It's a practice. So if you are a mindfulness practitioner and teach mindfulness training, and in particular, I want to just say something about my colleagues that search inside yourself, because they really have a world revolution to teach mindfulness at least to one million people. And I really admire that mission of Jade uh, Ming Tang. So 
the idea of mindfulness is a way of practicing your neurological capacity to focus. It's mental training, and there's a practice phenomena to it. What awareness intelligence is, and in particular, I want to say that while I started working on that and thought that that was a more contemporary way of saying what Gestalt practice allows, Awareness intelligence now, as I'm currently holding, it has been actually, we started working on that for leaders. And with a colleague of mine, Barbara Singer, we are co-developing an index called Leadership Awareness Index to really measure awareness for leaders across seven dimensions. And so awareness, as a different from mindfulness, awareness has, I mean, that's the reason why it's actually probably until now, until the mindfulness revolution, we didn't even know how to look at the neurological changes that happen from focusing attention. So being mindful actually changes the brain. It turns out meditation changes the brain. Uh, the way we think, actually, the, we see that there's some research on it. But awareness intelligence or leadership awareness index, we feel goes over seven different dimensions. One dimension is just global, you know, self-awareness of our values and what we stand for. Another dimension of awareness is our capacity for creativity. How aware are we of, you know, those moments of just stepping out of a signed box? The other piece of awareness is that huge area of awareness on emotional intelligence, emotional capacity that Goldman Boyatzis and that whole world has made so vivid for us and also lately Kelly McGonigal. Another dimension of awareness is uh, the capacity for agape, for heart-centered connection and interpersonal caring. So important for leaders. So important to have those nonverbal somatic expressions of caring in our way of interacting. And we can recognize when people care. Another dimension of awareness is our capacity for communication and how we know how to express with clarity the important messages. And the last two areas, one that's exceeding a tremendous amount of attention is our intuitive capacity, which is in some ways, you know, without a lot of effort, just to get kind of a, a picture of a new aha without all the effort, which now a lot of leadership is connected to, maybe that's a benefit of mindfulness or, you know, really being grounded, centered in your body or the gut response. And the last aspect of Awareness IQ is the capacity to scan the environment, what uh, Otto Schammer at uh, MIT calls presencing your environment, actually letting what's new emerge and come to you. Great ideas, actually, or new ways of seeing new possibilities are literally, they can start in Toronto and, you know, you can see them in Geneva because they're in what's called, they're in our field. And so I think that awareness IQ What's different about mindfulness is it really has identified the different aspects, but mindfulness is part of Awareness IQ because we can be mindful of those seven dimensions. One is not in competition with the other. One gets more expressed by the other. And the third part of what you asked me, if I may add, is what's the connection to Gestalt coaching? And that's a great question. And in brief, Gestalt, actually, coaching comes out of the theory that's attached to 60 years of thinking on Gestalt 
thinking and practice, which first started off as Gestalt psychology, which is very kind of image related. We we are struck by how not just images, but how we see the world depending on how we are. And Gestalt psychology made it very clear that the seer is a part of the constructor of what gets seen, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon. The second thing about Gestalt practice is it's got validated in Gestalt therapy uh, as a Gestalt therapist. It got validated in the use of Gestalt consulting. And, you know, I have been working on Gestalt coaching for the last 20 years. And the reason I find Gestalt coaching so connected to Awareness IQ and to mindfulness is that the mindfulness people really described the awareness process that is all about Gestalt. And I think it's actually easier to understand Gestalt from the language of mindfulness and awareness IQ because the word Gestalt is a German word which never translates very easily. It always stays German as opposed to, you know, it means the formula that the whole is different or greater than the sum of its parts is connected to Gestalt thinking. Or we'd say, you know, the game show, you'd say, name the song from that little bit of the tune. That's a kind of gestalt thinking. Mm -hmm. Or you see a few elements of a person, you see someone's eyes and you say, oh, that's Katrina. How? Because I saw her eyes. Just from her eyes, I know that's Katrina. So I can see from a part, I can recognize the whole. And the idea of gestalt thinking really is very powerful because it has very powerful, self-regulating understanding for how we go about making meaning and kind of being motivated in our world about getting what we need, what we want, what's missing. And I think what where gestalt meets awareness IQ and meets mindfulness is that there's actually some what's called process tools that Gestalt practice has developed over the last 50 years. So what Gestalt is to awareness IQ and mindfulness is the Gestalt approach is a process approach. It's all about how we are paying attention in the moment or not around getting your needs met or not met. And the ways that Gestalt is helpful is to give us some tools to look at how we pay attention. So anybody who's interested, you could Google now the cycle of experience or the cycle of awareness. You could Google the unit of work and you would have two very powerful process tools that any Gestalt practitioner anywhere in the world will understand and will use. And if you use those tools, you will probably have 80% understanding of what's going on in the moment for yourself and for others because it's a tracking of awareness in the moment for yourself and for others. And tell us, Dorothy, about uh, your book that's called The Gestalt Coaching Primer. Tell us a little bit what the readers will find in the book and how it will help them with their coaching. So the Gestalt approach is about 60 years old and Gestalt coaching very much is aligned with uh, the beginning of the ICF Federation. So we're really aligned with globally how ICF really drives what coaching should be about. What Gestalt coaching primer, and the subtext is a, a path towards awareness IQ, 
what my intention was to do was to make the very mysterious kind of approach to working with awareness and how embedded it is in this phenomena called obviousness and also in the phenomena called resistance, how to look at understanding that. And so in this book, I try to make very clear how we recognize the importance of awareness, how we recognize when people aren't paying attention or completely blind to something. So think about how many people you'll try to explain something to and they won't understand it or see it. It's not because they're stupid. And that's a very negative thing to say, of course. But so often people say, she, he doesn't get it. Very often it's because they see a different picture. Or when people don't want to do it your way, when they say no to you, the question is, what are they saying yes to? And so in the primer, I try to make very, very useful, very clear the mysterious power of the Gestalt approach, which is kind of process approach. And think... If I'm watching you and you're working with me and you're a Gestalt practitioner and you're working with me around the phenomena, I don't understand how you're working with me to recognize what I'm really paying attention to. That's a process phenomenon. I don't understand when you will stop me and invite me to do these kind of physiological interventions like take a breath, which now we learn from the mindfulness approach, stimulates getting centered and calming down and actually creates both self-centering and from a coach-client perspective, it strengthens the relationship. It creates kind of entrainment and resonance. And isn't that a wonderful thing to understand? Again, in the Gestalt primer, I also want to explain to readers how to not be afraid of this phenomena called resistance. Resistance is something, and this is not Freudian, it's a departure from Freud. Resistance serves a function for every human being, except when we are no longer aware that we are resisting. (laughs) Oh, really? So if you're not aware that you're resisting, then it doesn't have the same function as if you are. Yes, because that's so important. And again, what I love about this is awareness It's about working with the obvious, and right now, this is a moment of capturing that maybe that was not so obvious, but you got it because it's interesting to you. Somewhere, I could just have a departure, and just for a second, is what just became sparked in you, Katrina, that you just got interested? Oh, but uh, there's too many things that I'm interested in what you're saying to really pin it on, but uh, the gestalt coaching, the approach, the systems approach to Gestalt coaching. I would love to hear more about that. And I think I'm going to just build from this resistance piece because what's interesting is even now you just stopped and said, no, there's so many things. And I said, okay, this is cool because we're always managing so many things. And one of the things about resistance is what do we say yes to that we really want to say this works for me? And where do we put our no because that does not work for me? No is a very functional boundary that helps us maintain our identity. I want to say no to you when it goes against my values. I want to say no to you when it's something that's not going to work for me. I want to say no when I I know that there's something, there's a greater reason for me to say no. So the ability to say no with awareness is so powerful. And so often people get a little bit confused. They got, they end up saying yes to something that they mean to say no to, or 
they have not even figured out because uh, they're doing something, you know, maybe somewhere in their life, you know, the message was don't show people how uh, emotionally sensitive you are. Okay. I mean, that's a big message in the world, especially for men. It's been a very big message. And also I find it for women who, you know, you have to really be a strong person. Don't let people know how sensitive you are. And it's so paradoxical. So sometimes I may, I or anybody may end up uh, being in a situation where I didn't say no, I didn't say yes, and all of a sudden I'm in something that doesn't feel good because I gave up my aware capacity to say no or yes with awareness. So where we lose our capacity to say no or yes to, and we've created a habit, we stop being aware And so some habits that we really learned early in life, they serve us. And sometimes they needed to be retired. And that's where, you know, growth really requires, you know, what's the thing that's so missing for people in business today? What they've done a lot of research on is self-reflection and awareness. People are moving so quickly that they're not paying enough attention about what they need to become aware of so that they make better choices. Yes, very interesting. You know, Katrina, when I think about you, for example, for even a minute, I remember that we met, I think it was in Austin, and I think it was at an ICF conference, or maybe it was Orlando, but it was at one of the large ICF conferences. Yeah, in Austin, you got good memory. Thank God. And you stood out. That's it. In 2010. (laughs) Yes, I remember meeting, and you stood out, you were talking about nomadic leaders, and there we were in Austin, in America, but nomadic leadership was still in something in the world, and, you know, in the different contexts of leaders, you know, being expatriates and moving across different systems. And the way I'm saying that is, you could see that a person at the individual level Moving into a different environment is changing their world for another world, and there's so many different boundaries that need to be crossed. The individual level, the family system maybe is moving, the organizational context is changed, the cultural context is changed, the country context is changed, and each one of those contexts is what's called a level of system. And so often, and I think We're no longer seeing this. But 20 years ago, when people said coaching, they thought of it as one-on-one. And really, there is no one-on-one. We are all living in embedded systems. And when we think about a leader, an executive, we actually need to think about levels of system that they are responsible for that they need to manage, whether their level, you know, their own personal level, maybe it's an issue of how do I manage all the complexity of my life, but what are the different boundaries or levels they have to manage? Because if you want to help them with a group phenomena that they have to manage, but you're only working at their individual level, you actually have a level of system phenomena. I may act as a leader very different one-on-one than I act with 20 other people as a group. And how I act with 20 other people as a group is probably important to understand if I as coach, I'm going to coach them. There's a wonderful saying in Gestalt thinking is that um, change Contact happens at the boundary, that if you really want to help a person or a system understand their choices and their work is, we need to know the boundary where the work is located. If you and I have a problem, let's say, or forget the word problem, a challenge, then I don't want to just work individually with you. I want to work you and me. 
because that's where our work is. Our boundary is a shared boundary. It's a diet boundary. If I have a problem, let's say, but you and I don't really have a problem together, then I want to work at my boundary. You know, you want to work individually with Dorothy. Maybe I have secret insecurity issues or some kind of other challenges that I want to work out in order to really meet you in a very strong way because I I really do find you so competent that I want to really come in a very competent way. So a systems approach, and I see this not just in the Gestalt approach, but I see a call for systemic thinking that really in a global world recognizes You know, there's always multiple realities because there's multiple boundaries. And when you have more than one person involved, you have multiple perspectives. So I think we need a systems theory. And again, why do I keep calling it awareness IQ? Because to hold all of that awareness, I think, you know, I started off as a Gestalt practitioner. I will always be a Gestalt practitioner. I want to make that language understandable. But it does come back to now that we are aware, and awareness is so critical because where you have awareness, you have choice. And often people don't want to become aware because why? They don't want the choice. They don't want to be responsible. Exactly. They don't want to take the responsibility. And of course, it uh, limits an opportunity. They want to maybe dream of several things and not have to choose and do the hard work that comes afterwards. Dorothy, we're coming to the end of our recording and I want to know where people can get hold of you and where can they buy your book, The Gestalt Coaching Primer. Where can they buy it? Well, thank you for uh, just giving this platform. Again, I think in a global world to reach across the world. I'm very happy to say that the Gestalt Coaching Primer and uh, the Path Towards Awareness IQ, it's actually on Amazon and it's on also Amazon Europe and also connected to Amazon is a phenomena called createspace.com. So any of those places, if you go in and you Google Dorothy, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y Siminovich, or Gestalt Coaching Primer, it'll take you to, thank you so much to get a copy of the book, which I do feel very proud to be able to say it did take me a long time. Uh, the other places to reach me, my website is uh, gestaltcoachingworks.com. And I'd also like to say if anybody wants to come to Istanbul, it's quite a remarkable place. Uh, we have a lovely center called the Gestalt Center for Coaching. And, you know, I have to just say, I, I definitely want to invite you to talk to us about your your work because we, we need to understand how to, how to really work with challenging leaders. Yes. Well, thank you, Dorothy. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your extensive experience. And yeah. I, I really appreciate and I know our listeners, too. So I'll say again, the book is called A Gestalt Coaching Primer. And all the the websites and other how to contact Dorothy will be on the show notes on my website. Thank you, Dorothy. It's an honor, my dear Katrina. And thank you for all who have been with us today. Be well. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com. And sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon. And until then, bye for now.